Welcome to Sky Astrology, where the heavenly bodies are. This is Sky Astrology, no not astrology. This is Sky Astrology with me, aka Cloudette, because I love clouds and looking up. I'm going to begin with a passage about stargazing and then I am going to tell you what my plans are for the new year the new Gregorian year and the new celestial year which begins in March I'm going to tell you what I found when I researched and looked back to 2020 and 2021 and then I'm going to share with you how I would like to proceed to teach those in our community about how to really work with your sky. And that's because we've had this year of following where the heavenly bodies were at zero degrees and me telling you where the planets were and giving context and hopefully giving interesting information, helpful information, and thank you for the messages that I received that it was helpful. At the same time, it makes you a bit dependent on me. If I'm gonna do the podcast, I'm not gonna do the podcast, do you have this date, do you have that date? And something occurred to me, um, that changed my mind about giving this long, um, a, a longer uh, intel about what's happening in the year. And that was, I remember watching Australia um, demonstrations all year. And I remember at the beginning, you know, people were just angry and they just went out and they were talking and, you know, they were saying to the police, shame on you and the police were blah, blah, blah. And then the police got more aggressive and police were like spraying, pepper spraying them and doing all kinds of things, right? And I thought, God, why don't they like, get a hat or why don't they come with some protection or glasses or something and a few weeks later or a couple of demonstrations later I saw that actually they did actually people came prepared with umbrellas and masks and face coverings and I thought oh yes you know this is a good thing because when I put a post up on Instagram asking are people ready for 2022 and in the background I put um, some information from the World Economic Forum where they were exposing or sharing their um, research and how many people wanted to have vaccination passports and how people felt if people didn't have vaccination passport basically a separation agenda about vaccinated and unvaccinated people. And I thought, okay, it's time to prepare. It's time to consciously know what worked. And now, sorry, I just realized, 
and now we know what didn't work. And it's okay that we took our time because the fact is that this has been a challenging two years as much as we, and like give ourselves on the back. Those of us who are still here, those of us who <clears throat> are still believing in our sovereignty, we are still here and we are, have the experience of the last two years within our cellular bodies and that can only make us stronger and more aware and it's nothing like having a time to process and integrate what's actually be going, been going on and now we're going forward and we're like oh my goodness this is happening and now we are prepared now how do we get prepared how do we know what to do we know what's coming we know what's true. We know what makes sense. We've seen it. Like, you know, first we put kind of a shock and awe, I call it. We're shocked like, is that really happening? Oh, that's not true. I mean, da-da-da, why is all this happening? Really like a disbelief. And, well, first I would say 2020 is the compliance. 2021 was the disbelief and compliance. But we were always kept in a fear mode because it was a very tactful game of Simon says put the mask on take the mask off go to the pub don't go to the pub get this don't get that blah 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 back and forth so we've had that experience of the shock and all 2020 and believing two weeks to flatten the curve wanting to protect out of the goodness of our hearts vulnerable people clapping for the health care workers all these things we did from the goodness of our heart in 2020. Then in 2021, we find out it's not two weeks to flatten the curve. We found out the hospitals aren't as packed as they were. We find out that they're going to make it okay to give children the vaccination that hasn't been tested for any decent length of time. We found out there's injuries that are being downplayed. We find out that, you know, healthy, healthy sports people are having heart attacks. And we find out that they finally admit that that's the case, that that could be a side effect of <clears throat> these injections. So, after having all that information together with what we found out while we paused in 2020 about child trafficking, about Waymark, about all that, and then 2021 we had the um, Jeffrey Epstein, which is just the tip of the iceberg to the political entanglement of slavery, modern day slavery. And I say that to make a point that slavery did not end. And the K2, which is the past karma, is very powerful in 2021, showing us that we still have these issues of slavery. And in a way, this injection is also a possible digital quote-unquote slavery. So um, that is what I'm going to conclude about and 
share in my sky astrology lens through my sky astrology lens with you but first let's start with what sky astrology is about and where we are and I say that again because I'm going to read to you from a book that talks about stargazing and ancient observation connections to ancient star people of the Americas, of Africa, of Mexico, and these informations I found very helpful. If you want to know exactly which book and you are not in one of my courses, please reach out. Okay, so we're going to start with what it says. A segment. The Bible tells us that there will always be signs in the heavens. Learning to read those signs is an integral part of the ancient skill of star walking. It would behoove us as we go through these times of planetary change to be in step with nature, to be aware of the signs which I firmly believe are appearing in the heavens as they have since the beginning of time. It was the heavens that predicted the birth of a savior whom the wise men sought. The heavens that guided the ancient Hopi to their home on the desert mesas almost 2,000 years ago, where they still remain today. It seems perhaps ignorant and superstitious for me or anyone else to suggest that we, the masses, should put stock in what the heavens tell us. Look for signs, you ask? Today, we are far too sophisticated for that. We're educated. How can we be expected to act like primitives again? We, who live on the cusp of the 21st century, at the epitome, epitome, epitome of the age of reason, we who know how the sky works better than others in human history, do we now? Is it that we know the workings of the sky, the mechanics of the cosmos, and the various celestial bodies from stars to comets, but not the sky itself? That is like knowing, as a physician knows, the autonomy of the human body and how the body works, yet knowing nothing about the rest of the human being, the personality, the feelings, the heart. Mother Nature can and will speak to us if we only listen. She will show us signs if we will but open our eyes to see and look up. 
we have shut off our intuition, some of us, in so many ways and shifted our imagination. You could say we've been programmed to do that. We've been educated to do that. In doing so, we have closed our eyes and turned deaf ears to the heaven. Like when you follow Western astrology, you close your eyes and you turn deaf ears to the electromagnetic informations that the stars exchange to the universe, which you are a part of, and you are an electromagnetic being. The adult body comprises of more than 70 trillion individual cells, and that's not counting the millions of bacteria we carry in our gut. Each of those trillions of cells carry out several thousand met metabolical processes every second. In order for the level of complexity to function smoothly, there must be a great deal of communication between these trillions of cells. Thankfully, our cells are programmed from a type of communication, and we are able to make changes in a fraction of a second when necessary. The human magnetic field and how the human body interacts with and responds to magnetic fields, <clears throat> we must appreciate that our bodies are electromagnetic. The body's own internal magnetic fields are generated by the extraordinary amount of internal electrical activity that keeps our bodies alive. These biomagnetic fields interact with all of the other magnetic fields on the planet and the universe <clears throat> and attribute to our basic chemistry. Okay? And so this is plain physics. And when we open our eyes, look up, and connect to the stars, stars that make up the word astrology, aster, the stars that make up the constellations, where we have the measuring moon to tell us where these um, energies are being um, placed. This is how to connect with Mother Nature, part of Mother Nature, the, say, spiritual part of Mother Nature, the non-physical part of Mother Nature. The physical part, we are connected to her every day, and we can, by walking, and we need to enhance that, walking bare feet, hugging trees, grounding, sitting on the ground, taking times in, taking times to leave the um, natural environments that we live in, <laughs> like going outside, you know, we don't live, unless you live in a tree house. <laughs> so yeah, kind of went off a diversion there, but I felt it was necessary. So I will continue. The book says, um, maybe it is time 
for us individually and collectively to wipe the sleep from our eyes and take the cotton out of our ears. Time to look skyward to see what the sky gods, the thunderers, and the star spirits are showing us and to listen to what they have to say. What, pray tell, do we have to lose? <laughs> maybe, just maybe, we have something to gain, an intimate connection with the place that is part of us that gave us life. Parent space, the home of the creator, the source of the power that moves us. Can we afford not to ponder the sky? Can we ever fail to let it take us beyond earth, beyond ourselves, into the worlds up there in the sky that only can be understood by the world inside of the human heart? We are part of the cosmos. We are stardust. We are golden. And we will find our way back to the garden. So that last part, of course, is from Joni Mitchell. And I hope you enjoyed that. I enjoyed sharing it with you. <clears throat> now, we want to move on to how to get ready for 2022. And... One way, in my humble opinion, to get ready, of course, as I mentioned, is to look up and to connect with the stars. I do want to say, I know a lot of people use the apps, but in the last movement from the full moon, the opposition of the sun and the moon, a lot of apps were showing that the moon was in Taurus and that quite honestly, was not the complete story. Yes, it was just at the cusp of the last star of Taurus, which shares the star with the star, the last star of Taurus is also a shared star with the constellation of Auriga, Elnot. But from a day before, the stars of Orion, which are brighter than most of the stars in Taurus, if not all of them, the stars began to interact with the heavenly bodies in that part of the sky, namely the moon and the earth. That's why we call it full earth, because we see the moon as a reflection, as a mirror, and it is actually something that's happening on the earth plane. And so the earth is receiving ha this energy and it is a matter of looking up and acknowledging these bright stars and acknowledging the stars that are closer to us. And the star that was aligned at the moment of the actual fullness of the opposition of the sun and the moon was Orionis. A small star but it's only 28 light years away and this is after Rigel which is the bigger of the stars sometimes because between Betelgeuse juice if you want to call it that and Rigel they change because Betelgeuse changes its magnitude its brightness 
So, but Rigel is a very bright star in the sky and it starts around um, a good half a day before this full moon started. It comes in, it shares space with Taurus. And so we moving in this space of the actual opposition coming into fullness with Orion and Taurus. And then in its movement away from that opposition, it goes into this very small time period exclusively Orion before it touches anything of the Gemini energies. And this is what is so important because this Orion is very important for us to acknowledge our ability to believe and share the impact of our seeking a better life for the future of this planet and others and our children. And it starts with using our voices and keeping the conversation going, but doing things, not just talking, not the Gemini, blah, blah, and curious and asking questions, but actually the actual grounding it in. And that's what Orion is like this bridge for between Taurus and Gemini to actually assist us in doing that, to be the hunter, the relentless hunter that is going to find the answers and find a way to honor our natural selves, the Taurus energy. And that's why this was so important because this full opposition, which is the full earth that happened on the 1819th, is still part of this solar eclipse. I always see the beginning of a cycle is when the sun and the moon are together, the new moon or the no moon moment, or we call it the new earth, where we start again the cycle, the measuring, where the moon, the measuring moon, will go through all of the stars constellations and come to a point of opposition which is in the middle of the cycle which we had uh, in December so we had the solar eclipse third or fourth and then we had which was the no moon moment and then we had the opposition in December and we had then the moon at this juncture, where it was aligning with the stars of Orion at the moment of the complete opposition, yes, the journey was through Taurus, but they're also Orion stars, part of the space of Taurus, because they are bright stars. And when we stargaze and we connect to what our ancestors took from nature and from these bright stars of Orion, then we are honoring their impact of nature and the cycles of nature. And then right after the 
opposition as it moves away before it goes to Gemini it has this whole time where it is basking in the bright stars of Orion exclusively clear of Taurus and not yet in Gemini and that's why this Orion energy is so important to notice and be aware of so that's one of the things I wanted to talk about and I have the second thing <clears throat> that I wanted to talk about which is really important is this idea of the age of Aquarius now the things that I realized as well is that there's a lot of misinformation, not information, whatever it may be, um, in a really extreme way, which I won't talk about here because it's a very long story. <laughs> We're still investigating it. Nonetheless, what I wanted to make a point is that what's happening in the sky, and if you can take this away with you, the fact is that our beginning of our celestial year is between the 20th and 21st of March. And that's how we want to honor it, the beginning of that time. And that is connected to the equinoxes, okay? So the equinoxes is where the sun is shining at that on that day, amongst which stars, which constellation, okay? Now, that is what determines the age. So astronomers will confirm it's we're in the age of Pisces. Okay. We're not in the age of Aquarius. We're not dawning. We could say, okay, it's all relative. You want to dawn on the age of Aquarius considering we're got a fourth left to get to Aquarius. But the beauty of sky astrology is really having a holistic perspective, which kind of talks about in the little writing I wrote about. You know, you might know the physicality of the body and the autonomy, but do you really know about the heart and the soul? So let's look at the whole holistic picture. We're looking at the whole sky. We're not just looking and say, look here, look at the 12 constellations. Oh, look at the 13. Now you can look at the 13. Follow, yeah, do that. No, we're thinking, oh, thank you for ha reminding us to look up anyway. But actually, wow, there's a lot going on up there. And I'm looking all around. And as, as chistrologists, we're looking all around and we see, boom, a lot of other constellations that have been impactful and have been part of folklore and information for thousands of years. So why are we ignoring them now? We can't. If you have 2020 vision, you are open to that. So one of the big ones for sky astrology is Cetus uh, constellation. And it doesn't take just looking at it once and finding it once. It takes years, really, <clears throat> observing and interacting with people and doing, having the... A privilege of looking at different people's skies. So what we found is that 
Cetus, brightest star, is aligned on the day of the spring equinox. So the interesting part about that is that it is, say, the last star that is aligned with the Pisces star, the Piscidian stars. And that means that once it clears the Pisidian, once the sun moves and doesn't align with the Sita star anymore, we are then finished with the so-called age of Aquarius. Now these things you don't like one day to another. Actually it takes 72 years for one degree to move. So, you know, we're gonna be, we're kind of at the end of that 72, actually, because in a few years, it'll be at seven degrees, but then it'll be 72 years at seven degrees, okay? Um, <clears throat> nonetheless, this is a pivotal year, eight degrees of Pisces is where the sun is on March 20th, 21st, on the spring equinox, the beginning of the celestial year, right? So, this part where we are dawning, truly dawning, on a part of the Pisces age that never really had a space free of other impact of other constellations. It had was entwined with Cetus this whole time because Cetus goes all the way into part of Aries. So the age of Aries was part of Cetus energies as well. So the purity of Pisces coming into age is like amazing. And when we realize the fish, the birth, the yoni of yonis, there's a story behind that, the creation, the spiritual creation, of Pisces. This is something to get excited about and clear, clear about the spirit, the divine, the divine and the feminine energies. I truly believe that we are looking at the divine feminine when we are approaching the age of, I called it the age of pure Pisces. The age of pure Pisces, divine spiritual Pisces. Yeah. And to welcome that in, it's so easy. When we look at the divine, we look at the unconditional love, we look at Venus and balance. And no, we all know in our experience how impactful love is. We know we have the science now, we have the tools to measure 
the frequencies of energy. We have our own. I, for one, have my own experience when I make decisions out of love. What happens? And so in this moment where we are moving into an understanding of looking up, we can look and appreciate the benchmark of what's been happening since 2020. And because we have our eyes open, we're reading the skies, we can see clearly and understand that and take lessons from that journey and prepare for what's coming in the new year, in the celestial new year. When we celebrate growth, when we celebrate life. Because to be honest, there is a, like they say, a spiritual challenge happening. And how to super how to be successful in this spiritual challenge is to first know about the true holy spirit the spirit the love spirit the creator spirit the beauty and that it is in plain sight and that's why people always looked up to the heavens and that's why we call them the heavenly body so I hope that makes it clear about those things I want to talk about. Now we want to get down to the nitty gritty. And I just wanted to let you know that it's more detailed than this. I just want to share positive energy data for those of you who... I reached out to in the poll or saw my post and wants to know what's thinking, what, what I'm thinking about these things. Now, when I look back to March 2020, and remember the time, remember the time, March 2020 or Christmas 2029, 2019, sorry, 2029, 2019, um, maybe there was some information about the virus, but not enough for people to change, get their lives changed. There was like slowly coming out. So when you think about that, you know, it wasn't like a boom earthquake, right? In December when things were starting, it didn't hit until March. That boom, lockdown, stay in your house, don't do anything, right? That's when it hit. And funny enough, around the equinox, right? So we want to start with what energy was happening there. And the energy that I found was that there was an imbalance of elements. There were a lot of heavenly bodies that <clears throat> are close to us and that are far away from us, this combination in fire, in the fiery parts of the sky. <clears throat> and it's 
interesting to note that we had this movement where we had a Pluto and Jupiter conjunction in January as well. And it was at the same degree where Venus is now and Pluto is now at Sagittarius. And this is the last time I'm, that Pluto will be at 28 degrees of Sagittarius. Like, bye-bye. Okay. And that Venus will be with them there because Pluto has gone back and forth quite enough and it's going to go forward. It's not going to be totally out of Sagittarius for a while. It will go retrograde again and go back into, but never this far back to 28 degrees. Okay. So what we have is a connection to where Pluto and Venus and Mercury are now, but we were there in March, 2020. And then we have, of course, that activity. Fire just means what's going on. <clears throat> what's going on? Change. Pluto is there. Mars was there. Jupiter was there. In, in the sky, in the day sky, in Sagittarius area. And Venus was there in Aries in the night sky. <clears throat> with Uranus that can't be seen. It was also in fire. And these two are retrograde now as well. Most important in my research is also to be acknowledge, to acknowledge where the south and north nodes are. And they were in the uh, two opposing signs of Gemini and Sagittarius, which translates to air and fire. So there's air from the north node in Gemini and the fire in the south node in Sagittarius. And so this axle, axis of the two was working at the time of the first lockdown, the first response to this change of events. This is like a, a universal global change that we living in. We have, we've been here from the get go, from the beginning. We have experienced this seeming out of the blue um, occurrence that happened that we allowed through fear and unknown without the information to change our behavior patterns. This has happened in 2020. And a lot of other things fell off the back of that where people began to have time to do things they wanted to do, had times to study things they wanted to study. I had time to put together sky astrology and now have a school. I mean, there's a lot of really amazing things that people 
had time to do. So there's a lot of good that came out of it. Also, people had time to see more clearly and discover things and meet people, like-minded people, through the internet, through the digital space, right? So, you know, 2020 wasn't all bad. It was a shakeup to see clearly. And I am grateful for that year. Okay, now here we come. We want to look at 20. Oh, sorry, so what just saying they're mostly fire. So the other elements, water, air, and earth, were all just two of the heavenly bodies in each one. So they were all balanced, you could say, amongst themselves. Okay, um, <clears throat> the interesting thing is that Mercury was in Aquarius and is still in Aquarius. It was always going to be in Aquarius all the years. But the difference here is Neptune. Neptune was in Aquarius. It's the second one that was in air. And in the year 2021, it was also in air. But for the new year of 2022, it celestial year, it will be be back home at Pisces, its true home. And this is the energy that the spiritual energy that I'm talking about with Pisces and the divine feminine that I want us to be able to receive when we look up. Because that is a very potent time we experience as a group in the calendar when Neptune hit zero degrees for the first time and we experienced the change when it left zero degrees we experienced also when it went back into Aquarius and it's been there but recently it's gone direct and it will be at zero degrees um, by February so it will be a good placing at one degree um, at the new year, the celestial new year, March 20th. Okay, great. Then we have the fact that we have the 2021. Now, what happened at the new year of 2021, the celestial new year? The energies totally changed, flipped. Where we had Earth, only two things in Earth, if you want to know, it was... Um, the moon, and the moon is only there for a couple of days, right? And Ceres, which is like an asteroid, so it's not like a biggie, but we had Saturn, it's not there, we're counting Ceres, Saturn entering at zero degrees <clears throat> of Capricorn was the 2020. And it is really connected to the virus Saturn at zero degrees of Capricorn, March 2020. And those were the two, the moon. But when you think the moon a couple of days later would not have been in Earth and just Saturn there. So what we see next is the 20. We see in 2021 that we have an abundance of earth. So it's switched from before because we have the Saturn is still in earth 
but we have instead of five things in fire, we have five heavenly bodies in earth. We have the moon as well that made sure it was in earth at the time. We have Mars was at 16 degrees of Taurus, where it will actually go back to next Chris, the in this Christmas 2020 coming, 2022 coming. Okay, and that's where 16 Airy, um, Taurus actually was where Rahu spent a lot of time during the lockdown. So this is where the Hades um, star cluster is in the star Aldebaran of Taurus. Right, so this is very powerful um, changes, galactic changes that are part of these years that we've experienced. In any event, those powerful places, Jupiter also then went back into Capricorn. Of course, in 2020, it was in Sagittarius, and then it went forward to, <clears throat> to Capricorn. And then it went retrograde and stayed in Capricorn together with Saturn. And <clears throat> those two were working together. We can see them in the sky as well. The whole year, beginning year of 2021. And so the switch from activity of 2020 to the earth element, the situation overtaking us, planting itself. So, you know, a lot of people did get busy. Like I said, 2020, okay, get busy doing what I want to do. What's it like to stay home? What's it like to homeschool? There were certain things that people had to actually motivate themselves to do because they didn't go to work. You had to motivate yourself to work if you were working at home. So that fiery energy was activated. We had five heavenly bodies there. But then in 2021, we had a back and forth of sometimes stay at home, sometimes don't stay at home. But more the attention was, wait a second, what are the implications of this 2020? We thought it was to flatten the curve. We thought this, we thought that, and now it seems to be a whole agenda about passports and, uh, you know, um, being injected against your will, being injected as a rite of passage to be able to travel, to be able to go out and, you know, the whole, you know what's going on. So we have that all these situations, that's what I call earth happening, the Saturnian, the Saturnian Capricornian rulership because rulers, you know, connected to government, because I don't use rulers in a sky astrology, but the so-called powers that be, who making the rules or the mandates, whatever they're called, right? The rules, you will follow the rules, making the mandates. These are earth things that impacted us in 2021, for sure. And we had an abundance of them. Five heavenly bodies were there and only two in fire were left. They changed. We were like, well, what do we do? Like when you want to start to do something, then you can't. Can you, you know, so that's changed. Also, what increased, doubled is the water amount. Because like I said, 2020 only had two things in water, but 2022 
had four, which means our emotions were rising, were doubled. So our emotions start to come into play in the 2021 about really processing what actually happened in 2020, learning about all the things that were wrong and seeing clearly. It's one thing to see clearly and it's another thing to work with what you have seen and to understand and to decide how are you going to choose to live your life or what are you going to do to make life better for yourself or others what are we going to do with the information that we see that we cannot unsee anymore right <laughs> what are we doing with that and so a lot of things happen it's been very challenging and even though we keep a bright face and we look to the positive side and we are uplifting ourselves because we are human and we are beings of love at the same time it does have a memory on our cells cells and we are needing to hydrate ourselves more we are needing to understand our waters and to let that penetrate and be received so that we can make sure that we remember our water cells our cells of abundance you know which is a the zero house in sky astrology that's the place where we are abundant where we have our bellies full where we are have the perfect temperature where we are protected inside of the womb as water beings and so this kind of <clears throat> mixture of elements that came that changed a lot in 2021 gave us this these different experiences all year round and the most important thing that i found interesting is that <clears throat> the South node K2 was the only one that was in the integrated element. What's the integrated element in sky astrology? It is the elements that are actually not just of one element. That is the case with a focus because a focus really is a constellation that is sharing space with the stars of Sagittarius and Scorpio. And because Scorpio has connection to water and Sagittarius has connection to fire. A focus is, of course, integrating both of those elements. And this position, this calculation or position of this heavenly body position, because some in the where Rahu come, where K2 and Rahu comes from is from the Vedas, from one of the ancient, and they are actually heavenly bodies. Another thing we found out. And we say their calculation, you know, to be honest, I don't know what they are, but I know they are impactful. I know they change my life and I know to watch the position and that's the main thing. So in the year 2021, we, at the beginning of the year, the March, 2021, we had the South Node at five degrees of a focus, not far from Antares and actually where it's going to be probably tomorrow. So what does that mean? It means our past karmas, our collective 
past karmas connected to creative healing of our cells, of our bodies, of our procreative cells, because the Scorpio is about that part of our body that brings creativity, right? But it's also about the part of our body that brings life into the world, right? Pure life. And so the electricity that happens in the healing that we have here is part of the energies of 2021 of that new year and at the end of this year in two days this we're going to have the closing of this true um closing of the solar eclipse season that be was a solar eclipse in a focus at more or less this degree at three degrees. Oh, it was four degrees. It was four degrees, actually. It was four degrees of a focus in December 4th, right? And the position at the beginning of the year of the south node was five degrees of focus. And we're going to have a focus moon closing up the cycle that I talked about earlier because the cycle begins at the no moon and then it closes up when the moon returns to the same degree it was when there was no no moon. And then there's a space in between where we in Sky Astrology like to think about what we have learned and what has been illuminated by the sun in the last cycle before we entertain the next no moon period, which in this case will be Sagittarius. Okay. So yeah, this is an interesting gesture and it just says the heaven saying, okay, be mindful of the a focus energies. And what is a focus? Also want to clear that up since I'm having such a long blah, blah. <laughs> and that is, oh, it's an hour long. Okay, so what's really important to know is that a focus is humanoid uh, serpent bear. But it's, the serpent isn't a part of a focus. The serpent has its own constellations. That's Serpens Caput and Serpens Caudia, Cauda. The head of the snake and the tail of the snake. So it is actually the Afucus, which is the humanoid, opposing uh, the humanoid of Orion. They are connected also through mythology that I don't really align with. Um, but I believe there's information everywhere. I just think 
there needs to be more discerning information available, but I do believe there are parts of these. There's a reason for everything. But I like to try to look beyond these man-made stories. because, In any event, we know mathematically they are connected, these two. And one is the seeker, the previous hunter, and one is the healer maybe previously snake bear poison bear changing the poison maybe recognizing the poison, holding the poison right transmuting the poison of that part of the sky where things are created where life is created right and so the main information that we have possibly actually the information that we do not have is that we do not know the long-term effects of these injections and there has been in the past thinking past karma in the past karma you can look it up there have been experiments on non-tested uh, applications, medical applications that 10 years later, 20 years later had dire effects, misforming all kinds of horrible things. And so is it not asking us to be mindful of the poison, the poison that is going to have the ability to change how human life is created. That's what the heavens, when those who have eyes can see, is saying. And knowing we have this sign and knowing we're waking up to it just by being sovereign, especially if you are going to have children, if you want to have children, to do it and to protect, of course, these young lives, these lives that are being impacted just by seeing people with masks on and being part of this fear dialogue that's been perpetuated since 2020. So we have this year closing. We're part of that year now, 2021, where we <clears throat> are feeling the effects of the decisions that were made from the top down. Now, so what are we going to do about it in 2022? We know the spiel now. We know the spiel. And we have Venus coming closer to the Earth because it's retrograde. We have Mercury coming closer to the Earth because it's going retrograde. We have Uranus closer to the Earth because it is still retrograde and it is standing still at this juncture where Mercury will stand still as well, right? And this is where Uranus has been in the Satari's, we call it, because it has these Aries and um, Satari's energies. It's like the head of the Satis and 
we have the end of the, we're at the end of the age of the tail of the Cetus, right? And so this challenge of the fetus, Cetus, which we also call it, is real. But now we get to consciously see clearly and then plan ahead how to use when the heavens are in our favor to see beyond the rhetoric like was in the post I did about what the agenda is of these other people, World Economic Forum. We have our own polls. We have our own agendas. And they are heavenly. They are divinely sourced. Okay? So, at the beginning of this 2022, we have... Also, a integrated element, and that is of Satari's. We have in Rahu, not in the past karma, but in a current karma in the North Node, where we are asked to take action of this Satari's. And the difference is a lot of people in Western are saying, oh, it's in still will probably then they'll say it's in Taurus or they'll say it's in Aries, no matter what. What we know is what we're working with is the fire and water in this space of using our emotions to activate our purpose, our actions, right? Knowing that this is where we can gain strength of our emotions. We had the heightened emotions last year, and this year we have um, everything kind of balanced out. So we only have two in fire, and then earth, water, and air all equal in three, three, three. So this lovely little balance of three earth, let's say what they are, three earth, we have the moon in Virgo, Saturn still in Capricorn, and we have Mars in Capricorn, okay? <clears throat> then we have fire, exclusive fire, where we have Uranus still in fire, which has been in fire since 2020, okay? And we have Pluto in fire, still in Sagittarius, but... I think never at this degree where it was before. Never made it to the late, to the 30s, the past 30. I'm not sure though. In any case, that's not the point. The third is water. We have three water. Where do we have it? Of course, the sun is going to be in water. We have Neptune in water, giving us a chance not just to escape, but to be spiritual, to really raise the vibration and raise our spirituality and our understanding that's why it i personally believe it's important why i feel called to dun, 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 do the calendar for the whole year from the celestial year march 2022 to march 2023 
with more information with what we're used to with the zero degrees, but also with the station position, with the retro positions, with the shadow positions, and also very important, which I use is void of moon. Also very important. And that is different than what is available currently. It's quite of a um, different information. And there's a lot of other information, but I keep that secret because I've had, you know, negative experiences before of sharing my work. And as you know, these, these people's out in dim streets. Anyway, just a joke. Okay, so we have the Chiron still in water where it's been since 2020. We have Neptune coming new to the table at the beginning of the year, being in water. And we have Chiron, the Sun, and Neptune all in water here. So those are the three. And then last but not least, we have air. We have Mercury in Aquarius, but we have the K2 in Libra and Jupiter in Aquarius. Now we have Jupiter in Aquarius now, and it will still be in Aquarius at the beginning of the celestial year. And that is very important for us to understand this movement of Jupiter. Every time Jupiter goes into a new energy and is through with the retrograde movement, it is returning to a place it wasn't for 12 years, right? And so there is a clarity of this shift that has happened with this change. A lot of the other ones move quicker through the sky than it does. And we are experiencing still Saturn is holding still in Capricorn. So still we got this so-called mandates and stuff and all these laws and mandates being rules being made still part of this story of 2022 but when we are aware of them and where what we saw clearly about what happened when they first started to come in when it was a zero degrees of capricorn at the beginning of the celestial year in 2020 when it's all started then we can prepare ourselves how we're going to move forward. And moving forward, taking action with the knowledge of the North Node in Satari's. And in the calendar, I'll be sharing more, talking about Satari's, talking about the uh, different, say, seminars I'll be having that, will be part of all the research that I've been able to do whilst also teaching the first um, souls to be sky astrologers, which is kind of really exciting. And um, so, yeah, that is what's happening in that sense. We have Venus, I wanted to mention, because Venus is the one of the Earth energies for the new celestial year that is going to make an impact with Saturn 
and it will be together with Mars at the beginning of the year. Venus and Mars. Venus will be out of the retrograde period. And it will be joined together with Mars in Capricorn. And, you know, I just believe in word magic. I believe when we not only think and hope or wish, but when we are consciously connected to the celestial messages, the celestial alignments, the Mother Nature's way of supporting us and letting we know that there are signs in the sky. If only we look up and see and acknowledge them and lose the false information. We've learned in 2020 there is a false agenda. There is a lot of false information. You know that people have found that some students are performing a lot better by being homeschooled than in the school. Learning how the system has been keeping a lot of people down. No matter what creed or color you are, right? None of that. This is where we are now. We are in a place where we can look back and be grateful for 2020 and look forward and be grateful for 2022 where the situation might still try to be in control, but that through our experiences, through our journey and through our awakening, we are going to react in a different way. We're going to the source. We're going to the creation. We're going to where we need to be healed, where we need to heal from the cellular level in order for us to have an impact on the future of humankind. And that's how I see the beauty of Jupiter being in Aquarius while all this is happening. Yes, and the South Node being in Libra, where we are looking for that balance of understanding where we have been, what was wrong with it, and how to do better this time around. Once you know better, you do better. If you didn't know, you couldn't do better. But now we know. And now we're ready to go. So join me if you are interested in getting the calendar. It will include a call with me to look at your own sky, to go through the year of 2022 so that you can have a outlook of how that will move through your sky. I will have limited places for that because of course, depending on um, how much time I have, because I have students coming through and everything. 
where I can do the one-to-one. -one. But yeah, I'll make it possible for you to do that. So if you know you want to do that, please reply to um, the link that I'll set up and we'll get going. For those of you who know that the calendar is ending on the 2nd of January and the next week, the calendar will come out just to the end of the February issue. Um, that was what the plan was for the year to go to February, to the Chinese 13 month, the Chinese New Year. If you are going for the calendar, then you will have access to the time between February and March as well. Okay, I've talked for over an hour and 22 minutes. Thank you so much for your time and attention. I'm happy that I took time to look into these last years. I want you to be well informed of what our skies are saying to us and have some context to that. Take care of yourselves and lots of love from me. Cheerio!